When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Peak Northwest, an outdoors and travel podcast by The Oregonian and Oregon Live, dedicated to the adventure and exploration of our beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm Jamie Hale. And I'm Jim Ryan. And together we take you to some of the most beautiful and interesting destinations in our region, discussing where to go, what to do, and places to see. And for the next two episodes here of the show, we are taking you along on a trip to Oregon's Central Cascade Mountains, where you can find some of the biggest views and some of the best natural attractions in the state. Jim, I know you have some experience Mm -hmm. in the Central Cascades, but for years, I have been kind of neglecting Mm -hmm. the area for whatever reason. I've been there to some Mm -hmm. spots here and there. Um, but this fall, I spent a little more time up in the central cascades, exploring a few of these scenic highways and trails just before they get snowed in for the season. And today we're going to focus on two of those scenic highways, which when combined make one super scenic loop drive. I think that's the, the, the proper noun we need for places like (laughs) this, the super capital S, super (laughs) capital S scenic, uh, you know, whatever it may be. But, uh, JB, you're spot on a hundred percent talking of here about the Santium Pass, Mackenzie Pass scenic byway, not super scenic technically, but I think we can toss that in there for effect. Um, and that's an 82 mile loop. Anchored in Sisters, uh, the kind of Western-themed, very small town in central Oregon. And uh, we should throw the asterisk. I'm drawing with my finger in the air here the asterisk that uh, Mm -hmm. we should mention right away that part of this loop is currently closed for the season. That's the western half of Mackenzie Highway. So part of our discussion today is for planning purposes when the highway reopens in the springtime. But one of the reasons I wanted to focus on this area is the fact that there is just so much to do there. And uh, I'm sure you've checked out more than a few of those things during your recent travels. Yeah, Jim, just like you said, I was just kind of struck by like driving down the highway, how many trailheads there are, viewpoints, um, places that you don't have a spot to stop or pull off, but they're just generally beautiful mm-hmm. as you drive. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when I was there, um, kind of in the middle of October, the fall foliage in that area was like peaking. Super stunning. And it was phenomenal. Um, absolutely phenomenal. I got on that, that sort of that Western half of McKinsey highway, um, just West of D right. I, I was able to get on there before it closed and it was just like driving through a tunnel of gold Ooh. with those trees. It was absolutely amazing. 
Um, and like you said, Jim, I mean, whether it's on, you know, any part of this loop, there is somewhere beautiful to stop off something incredible to see. And that's just a really amazing feature of this part of the state. Yeah, Jamie. So uh, we should pause here and say exactly where it is we're talking about here before we get too far. The Mackenzie Highway, which stretches to Oregon 126 and then back towards Sisters on US 20. So Oregon 242 to Oregon 126 to US 20. If you can remember all that off the top of your head, good for you. <laughs> I kind of had to look it up a little bit, but that's the beauty of editing. So, um, Jamie, awesome place. So many things to talk about. Uh, geez, where do we even want to start here? Well, I feel like if we take those three highways, we can, you know, pull out, you know, two or three, mm -hmm. um, really cool attractions on each of sort of portion of this loop. Yep. Um, so Jim, let's, let's, um, say you're starting off in sisters, you got a, a place to stay in the night and you are heading out for the day. Um, let's, let's go to us 21st. I think it's the highway that that's open mm -hmm. sort of, um, you know, year round that people are probably most familiar with more travel. Um, exactly. As, and as you're kind of going West out of sisters up along us 20, one of the first places you're going to see, um, is black butte, oh, yes. which is a, you know, it's a, one of these sort of extinct volcanic cinder cones. A lot of people know it for Black Butte Ranch, which is a place to stay right there. But it's also a really cool place to hike um, with just some absolutely incredible views of the Cascades mm -hmm. in every direction. Yeah. Black Butte also, Jamie, if you were to ask a first grader, draw yourself a mountain. Draw a mountain. <laughs> uh, what, what does it look like? They're going to essentially draw Black Butte. I mean, this, it, it is this kind of perfect mountain shape. And, and I, I, I mean, uh, I don't even need to necessarily describe it. When you, dear listener, think mountain, uh, you think Black Butte. It basically is um, – it's not you know pointy or jagged at the top. It's no Matterhorn, of course. But it's a perfect looking mountain. It's absolutely stunning. And uh, a hike that – you know, we talk about kind of our reward to work ratio. Um, don't get me wrong. It is no uh, walk in the park, so to speak. Probably a walk in a national forest if we're being 100% clear. <laughs> but it's a pretty darn cool vantage point to be able to reach the top, um, you know, with a, a pair of hiking shoes and uh, a backpack there. Maybe some trekking poles. No technical mountain climbing stuff mm -hmm. to get up there. No. You're talking about two miles up, two miles back down for a four mile out and back trip. Elevation gain about 1500 feet. So it, you know, it's a, it's a good bit of a climb, but like you said, Jim, when you get to the top, you've got great views of Mount Jefferson, Mount Washington, really amazing views of the three sisters, um, black crater you can see from there as well. Mm -hmm. So, and there's a, a cool little old decommissioned fire lookout at the top as well, which is just a fun little bonus. So highly recommend black view as a, as a hike. Um, again, once it gets into the snowier season, it gets a little bit dicier, mm -hmm. um, but add that to your list. And next time you're driving along US 20, you've got some time, stop off and give that little volcanic cinder cone a climb. Mm -hmm. And is one that is doable in the winter as well. If you are prepared for that sort of thing, mm -hmm. um, you know, potentially a micro spikes or snowshoes type endeavor. But if you get a clear day, you know, you're prepared for the elements that could be a mighty rewarding winter ascent there uh, for folks looking for a little bit of uh, a different and interesting challenge. No doubt. 
And, you know, the, uh, as we're continuing along US 20, Jim, there's um, some obviously some really popular winter recreation spots. Yeah. And I want to just kind of gloss over that for now because I want to kind of talk about some winter specific stuff after um, the break and second half of our show here. But to add one other um, really cool location here on the side of US 20, one of my favorites is uh, Skylight Cave. Ooh, yes. And this is a spot that um, you can only go certain times of the year. They've kind of added some restrictions um, about when you can go um, and some restrictions on how to go because of the bat populations there in Central Oregon. But if you go at the right time of year, usually around the beginning of June, end of spring, um, it's this cave that has these um, sort of these holes punched out in the top of it. And when the sunlight hits it at a certain time of year, they create these these natural beams of light that come in through the roof of the cave and it's the skylights of the cave. And it's just, I mean, you you may have seen pictures of this before. It's one of these kind yeah. of classic Oregon photo opportunities. Um, and it's if, if you go at the right time of year, it is just a fantastic spot. Fantastic spot. And Jamie, I believe uh, you have taken a version of those famous photos. I can remember specifically, mm-hmm. um, you know, this this kind of self-timer, self-shot photo of you wearing your big outdoors <laughs> hat, kind of po- posed in silhouette yeah. under one of these yeah. skylights, right? Um, a classic Oregon shot. A destination, I will admit, I have not visited but if I'm driving past at the right time of year, like many of you folks perhaps listening, a little dose of inspiration to go visit this cave. Very cool place. Looks extremely scenic. And Jamie, as I remember it, pretty easy to access. This isn't like a 10-mile romp into the backcountry to go find this place. No, you can drive right up to the entrance of the cave Very pretty nice. much. Um, it's a little tricky to to. There's not like a bunch of signs that are like Skylight Cave here. Uh, So you have to know where you're going. But if you're leaving Sisters, you pop it into your GPS. um, You have some printed directions along with you just in case you can find it pretty easily, I think. Lovely. Well, I will have to make a note of that next time I'm traveling through that neck of the woods in the springtime. So there we go, Jamie. We're going to circle back, like you said, to some winter attractions, winter-specific stuff along US-20. But... Jamie, on to Oregon 126, and a place actually, I don't know that I told you, but I have been to Clear Lake very recently, just within the last couple of months, and I understand mm-hmm. you've done the same. Yeah, we just miss each other, Jim. Seriously. Uh, we could have could have <laughs> met up. We, 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 we've only, for the podcasting listener, uh, listener crew here, I, you and I have only seen each other like two times during the entirety of the pandemic, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> once on purpose and once for a coverage assignment. And I think that's it. So yeah. anyhow, that's just an oddity, I suppose. Um been <laughs> doing this from home for quite some time now. But so, uh, anyhow, Clear Lake, Jamie, uh, the name says it all. But I, I well, I, I suppose it doesn't say everything. Another particularly beautiful fall spot, honestly. Oh, so good. I, I went there again, peak fall foliage, and um, it was kind of a gray day. So the, the clear lake, kind of the clear effects of that lake um, were not quite as strong. But this is a lake that is known for um, the sort of the colorful hue of the water, these these like bright turquoise colors, these these deep greens. It's also known for sort of the um, what they, they call the underwater forest or the sunken forest, which is some um, trees that are under the water. Um and which is just a really cool kind of effect that you can see as you do a loop hike um, around the perimeter of the lake. 
It's also a spot that people do um, scuba diving in. Oh, I didn't um, know that. Huh. Yeah, which is like a cool thing. I've, I've got a friend too who did that and said it was a really cool experience um, because the water is so clear. It's like a good spot to practice that. Um, and a, just a cool place to go <laughs> scuba diving um, in the middle of the mountains. Um, so there's, like I said, there's a really cool uh, loop hike that will take you around the whole part of the lake and see some of these areas. But in the fall, when you get there and the, when the foliage is right, um, you just see all of those, those, those hues of the, the lake uh, framed by these bright reds and these deep golds and these pale yellows of all of the maple trees and other deciduous trees and shrubs that are around the lake. And it's just such a beautiful, colorful experience. Like it was such a great day when I went there, but I didn't mind at all because I, I was just surrounded by color. Really, really cool experience. And Jamie, I will say too, obviously primo in the fall, but as we kind of inch forward toward winter time, I have not been there in winter. I know there are some, uh, I think your rentals at a resort there, um, but a place mm -hmm. where you could really hit on kind of that moody, misty, um, maybe probably snowy um, winter landscape. Uh, I'm just kind of picturing like uh, following some boot prints down to water's edge and just kind of watching the clouds and mist and rain and snow move about. Um, maybe not a place that you're going to want to stay for, you know, a, a ton of time and sit there shivering uh, at, at water's edge, <laughs> but a place to go down and uh, kind of capture a little bit of that winter mystique here totally. in Oregon's Cascades, uh, you know, for folks who aren't trying to hang out until summertime springtime whatever it may be uh winter's high time to go check out some uh some places that are open of course as well yeah jim and you know clear lake is sort of one of the big attractions of mm -hmm. of uh oregon highway 126 um but what i found i, I liked maybe even better or that i makes me even more excited mm -hmm. to check out in the future some more of is the mckenzie river trail oh, yes my god what a good trail um, so this is a, a long distance hiking trail that runs along the McKenzie River. It actually starts um, just a little bit north of Clear Lake because Clear Lake is the source of the McKenzie River. Mm -hmm. um, so the trail runs along um, for quite a while down there. I want to say it's about 20 miles or so um, along the McKenzie River. And uh, there's a stretch of it, though, that is just, I think, a perfect place to hike, whether you are a beginner hiker or you are a more experienced hiker. And this is a the Waterfalls Loop Trail, um, which runs between Zahaley Falls and Coosa Falls, which is just south of the highway from Clear Lake. Um, this is just a, a phenomenal, phenomenal waterfall loop hike, loop hike. So it's not very long. It's about 2.6 miles round trip. And I, I, you know, I kind of, I kind of put this difficulty at moderate. There's some shaky footing in some places and some steep uh, sections of the trail. But, you know, if you're like, you know, a, a fairly confident hiker, um, I think this is going to be no problem. If you have trouble with hiking, it, you know, might take a little bit longer, might be a little bit more difficult. But either way, this is just, I think, a phenomenal spot to go. You've got beautiful views of two different waterfalls from either side of the river, which is like really cool. Mm -hmm. And then you just have these uh, gorgeous views of the McKinsey River itself, which um, when it's rushing uh, and it's flowing well in the season, you get kind of those like icy blue hues oh, of yeah. the river. Again, I was there in the, the, fall, the fall foliage. It was just surrounded by yellow and green and red and orange. 
just an absolutely phenomenal place. And Jim, this is a spot where I feel like this is a great backpacking trip. Oh yeah. To go along the McKinsey River um and explore a little bit more of this area. To my knowledge, I don't think I've actually been on the McKenzie River Trail. Plenty of attractions throughout uh, a place that is known as, I, I believe, a mountain biking destination. Um, mm-hmm. It's almost a perfect marathon. It comes in at 26.4 miles and a great backpacking and kind of, you know, shorter distance through hiking type situation. I would love to go check this out. In fact, I have a friend who mountain biked. Uh, he and his brother mountain biked. Uh, it was either all or most. Tried to mountain bike all. I think had a some sort of problem. Didn't end up doing the whole thing. Rode back on the road. Anyway, a really cool spot to go check out. I super want to get down there. Um, capital S, capital S, super scenic uh, place to go <laughs> hang out. So Jamie, uh, I'm glad That's you right. raised this and I'm kind of filing this away under the 2022 things idea list here uh, mentally as something I would love to go pursue. So, you know, we could go on and on and on about US 20, Oregon 126, but we have one more highway here, Jamie, and that is Oregon 242, otherwise known as the McKenzie Highway. Yeah, so once you're headed south on 126 and you can um, turn uh, east onto 242, and that highway will lead you all the way back to Sisters, but on the way, um, you get some beautiful uh, forested drives on the western half. And then it emerges into sort of the mountainous section. Jim, this is, I think, one of the coolest places to drive. Um, personally, I, I think, you know, it emerges into the, like this field of like stark black lava rock um, on either side of the free, either side of the highway. And you get just these like plains of black rock with these beautiful mountain views in the distance. And that drive in and of itself is phenomenal. But if you want to stop off and get some of those views and check out some cool stuff, the place to do it is, of course, at the D Wright Observatory, oh, yes. um, which is just a, a really cool roadside attraction there on the McKenzie River Highway. And Jim, I know that you were also there recently. Yes. <laughs> this fall. Yeah. This is uh, a CCC project from, I believe, I'm, I'm going from memory here, but I'm pretty sure this is correct, completed in 1935. Uh, named yep. after the cruise foreman. And uh, it's constructed from the same lava rock that surrounds it for miles. And uh, Jamie, it's almost like this eerie spot of sorts. I mean, I visited on a, a clear day, um, had these sweeping views of the mountains uh, kind of painted in a fresh coat of white uh, early season snow and was like, ooh, this is pretty. But it's also kind of bizarre and i don't mean that negatively (laughs) it's just like a weird place like if you you know you've never been to the state of oregon before you've never been to the northwest you're you live in connecticut and you think what it what what is oregon like you think of uh the side of this highway that is closer uh, to Oregon 126, kind of weaving your way through the forest, lush, dense, very green, beautiful. And then you emerge at the top of this pass and it's just lava rock forever. Like, what the heck is going on? This is completely different. And I've only traveled a few miles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and having that, like you said, that kind of the eerie uh, observatory rides out. I mean, this it, it's like something out of like the dark crystal, right? <laughs> it's like, it looks like the kind of castle where a villain would be hiding out 
in the mountains. Um, you know, like Lord Licorice or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm mixing my childhood <laughs> memories here. Uh, you know, but so it, it, it's definitely eerie, a little bit scary and also just like kind of cool. Yeah. Um, you know, it's totally unique. And uh, one of these, these places that I think, you know, Oregonians, you got to check out at some point in your life here. You got to check out at some point. I will say this is a place, uh, as we alluded to at the beginning of the show, uh, that closes for the winter time. So mm -hmm. look ahead, uh, before you go plan your trip, don't expect to be able to visit it. Um, I believe it, they try to open around the time that summer hits, um, you know, yeah. give, give or take. So don't expect to be able to visit this just willy nilly anytime. Do your research ahead of time and make sure that you can actually reach the observatory so you don't go home disappointed. Exactly. I think that's a, that's a great piece of advice there. Um, you know, it's, when it comes to other attractions on Oregon 242, it's not quite as chock full as um, some of the other places. There's definitely some some great stuff on the uh, western section. Um, Proxy Falls is a good one, the Obsidian Trailhead, et cetera. But Jim, one of the ones uh, I really wanted to, to point out is sort of the, I don't know, kind of the, the elephant in the room of of our um, big scenic loop here, which is uh, the mountain that's kind of at the center mm -hmm. of all of it. And that's Mount Washington, uh, the super weird looking mountain um, that is literally at the center of our loop. And if you want to access it, there are trailheads on Oregon 242 and on Oregon 20 that allow you to take the um, that's a Pacific Crest Trail, isn't it, Jim? You can. Yeah, the PCT runs through there. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, to either get up to or on top of Mount Washington. It's not a great mountain to climb to scale to the top. The rock is a little bit loose, not of great quality. But if you wanted to get a, a closer, up-close look at Mount Washington, you can do a hike from basically the D-Ride Observatory um, right along the PCT through that lava rock to the mountain itself. Ooh, and the mountain itself. It is a beautiful one, a very improbable-looking mountain kind of has a, a spire-like look at the top. And Jamie, speak for yourself on it, not being a good one to climb. Uh, it's a beautiful one to climb, but yeah. uh, the, you know, you, you do have to contend with some level of, um, you know, scree fields and this and that. And there, there is what I would consider technical rock climbing to get to the top. Been up there once, but it was very smoky. Uh, I didn't have necessarily the views that one would hope for. So Perhaps again soon, Jamie, maybe another 2022 item, but it's a cool one. Go. That's a cool one, uh, though, not something that I would say, yeah, just go climb Mount Washington, um, climb Mount Washington if you uh, have rock climbing skills appropriate for the endeavor itself. But uh, Jamie, we've kind of rambled on and on and on. This, uh, this could turn into a marathon episode, but quickly <laughs> before we go, this is not an episode about sisters, the Western themed town we've referenced a couple of times, but we'd be remiss not to mention a couple of things to do there. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I like sisters. It's a, a great little town. Um, we've talked about this, about some things in sisters before, but I think worth repeating Snow cap driving. Oh yeah. Um, if you want to get a burger and a shake, one of the best places to get a burger and a shake in um, smaller town Oregon. Um, and some interesting things in Sisters. There's um, the Hop Spa. Uh, if I'm getting that name right, I'm sorry, the Hop In Spa, which is a place where you can get um, spa treatment in like beer. <laughs> Basically, it's like using hops um, as uh, a spa treatment. 
which is super interesting. And, um, you know, hey, maybe after having a long day of hiking or biking or whatever you're doing out there, um, go get yourself a, a, a hop spa treatment. The more you know, Jamie, uh, I had not heard of such a thing, but if it is to exist, it will probably exist in our lovely state of Oregon. Um, combine your spa <laughs> with your hops. Enjoy yourself. Have a good time. There is also a fantastic brewery there, Three Creeks Brewing, um, where I have enjoyed a pint and a meal and, uh, you know, fun other stuff to check out. Just go meander about downtown, uh, you know, mm-hmm. right right along the main drag there. See what you want to see. Stop and eat where you want to eat and keep it moving to whatever your next adventure is but folks we are going to talk some more about what you can do during the winter time around this scenic loop area right after a short break all right folks we are back talking about some winter specific activities around the area of the Santium Pass, Mackenzie Pass Scenic Byway in Central Oregon. And Jamie, it is uh, a fitting time because I have my ski boots right here next to my desk at the moment. <laughs> I've told myself um, I need to wear those a little bit to get, uh, anyway, to get the the feeling of winter back. Busted a bone in my ankle this spring and need to make sure that I fit comfortably into my ski boots. So anyway, uh, the ski boots are sitting right there. And of course, atop the list of kind of obvious things that folks are going to note is Hoodoo Ski Area and the Santium Pass Ski Lodge. Jamie, two destinations for two different types of activities during the wintertime. Yeah, uh, you know, we kind of alluded to some of these winter activities along US 20 um, that we skipped. And these are kind of the the, the big attractions. Um, so if you're driving US 20 outside of Sisters in the wintertime and you want to do a little uh, little skiing, um, these are the spots to stop at. And Jim, um, you know, you are obviously the ski guy. Um, I do not have ski boots that I'm mm. wearing around my house. Um, so what can you tell us about these two different ski areas and what kinds of stuff people can get to um, get up to when they're out there? Ooh, I would happily tell you all about these two areas. Let's start with Hoodoo. Hoodoo is a lovely ski area um, with views if uh, you know you're on a clear day of uh, Mount Washington, which we've referenced, of Three Finger Jack, absolutely fantastic, um, really, really beautiful place to be. Um, it's a little bit more. Uh, it's let's put it this way: it's less of the mega resort, less of the um, big mountain experience that you're going to maybe say ride to the summit of Mount Bachelor on a chairlift and more of the uh, more quaint mountain experience, one that I particularly enjoy. Um, I spent a, a couple of days at Hoodoo a couple of years ago now and had a really good time. Um, would highly recommend it. Honestly, for folks who have not checked it out, it is absolutely worth a stop. Um, kind of reminds me of those who are familiar uh, a I think it would be bigger, technically speaking, but a a, a bigger or different um, equivalent to Mount Hood Ski Bowl uh, for folks maybe in the Portland area who have spent a good amount of time there. Um, The Santium Pass Ski Lodge is a different kind of place constructed in 1939, another CCC project. And Jamie, I have good and bad news about Santium Pass Ski Lodge. The bad news is for the uninitiated, the lodge itself is 
closed uh, and has been for a long time. But CNTM Pass Ski Lodge, as uh, a website about this uh, proclaims, is coming back, exclamation point. Uh, nonprofit is uh, out there dedicated to the restoration of the historic lodge. And we'll toss an, a link in the show notes to the restoration efforts there. And of course, if people are looking to do some cross-country skiing, some sledding, some snowshoeing, there are also just a bunch of snow parks scattered along the side of US-20. Um, so, I mean, if, if you're just looking to get out and play in the snow, there are just a ton of places to do that. If we're talking about places to stop off, maybe to spend the night along US-20, there is um, probably one of the, the best-known spots in recent years. Um, which is the uh, Subtle Lodge. Mm -hmm. um, this is a place that is sort of a modern, more boutique um, take on your mountain lodge, but they've really done a great job of catering to people who want to have a little bit more community um, in their their experience. They've got, you know, lodge rooms there you can stay in. They also have cabins um, and kind of like group cabins that are a bit more expensive. Um, and they also have things like, you know, holiday dinners or concert series or artists in residence. Um, so whether you're looking for more of that community experience in your, you know, winter lodging, um, or you're looking for just a place to get a cabin, cozy up, uh, hang out by a lake that's pretty close to the highway, close to sisters, um, Stutter Lodge is a great spot to do that. Yeah. Jamie, Stutter Lodge is a place that I want to go someday for like the uber cozy winter retreat like nah. very it's a little bit less of the like sleep in the car feel cold most of the day but have like a really fun outdoor experience and much more of the like i'm leaning into the cozy side of things uh mm -hmm. and really kind of reveling in the like yeah that was comfortable that was fun it's still an outdoors experience but like uniquely different than uh, a lot of the things I like to do, quite frankly. Come to the cozy side, mm. Jim. <laughs> we will lure you with our Pendleton blankets and our hot teas. Hey, uh, I happen to enjoy hot tea and I happen to enjoy <laughs> cozy blankets. Um, you can do both of those things in a standard passenger vehicle, however. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, I digress, regress, whatever the correct verbiage is there, Jamie. Um Lots of good things to do. Just pulling off into the Santium Snow Park across uh, across US-20 from Hoodoo and doing a little bit of sledding and stuff, of course, also is a grand option for those traveling with kids or uh, traveling with big kids. Adults who like to go sledding is uh, a, a perfect little option as well, especially if you're traveling between here and there and uh, want to get out of the car for a little bit and uh, do some sliding around in the snow. So, Jamie, I feel like we could go on and on and on and on and on, but uh, anything else we need to hit before we say goodbye for now? I mean, we would be remiss not to just mention briefly the um, the opportunity for some folks to go biking on the McKenzie Pass. Yes. Um, this is a, a, a sort of a not necessarily an official uh, activity that um, ODOT recommends, but it's something that a lot of cyclists like to do. So there's this, there's a little window between when Jimmy ODOT plows McKinsey Highway uh, for in the spring and when the highway actually opens to cars. So it's a car-free opportunity for cyclists to get in there and sort of cycle between these, you know, hills of snow on either side mm -hmm. and sort of be the first ones out there. 
for the season. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like a really cool opportunity for folks who want to get out there and have a different kind of cycling Absolutely. experience. Absolutely. So I uh, I rode from Sisters to the D-Wright Observatory once before it was open to cars. I can tell you it was an extremely cool experience. I also went back uh, this fall for an episode of the Peak Northwest video series, which we will include in the show notes here, and rode the entirety or close to the entirety of the Mackenzie Pass Scenic Bikeway, um, which runs from Sisters uh, to... Oregon 126 and up near, I think it's Belknap Hot Springs area. Anyway, we stopped at 126, but um, was an absolutely stunning ride. One of the best I've ever done, if not the best I've ever done. I loved it. And you can get a little glimpse of what that looks like uh, in the video linked in our show notes. So, Jamie, uh, we've rattled off so many things to do, so many opportunities for different seasons. Uh, We better say goodbye for now. Otherwise, we'll just keep going on and on and on forever. (laughs) So, folks, until next time, you can watch our videos, including ours from the McKenzie Pass Scenic Bikeway on the Oregonians YouTube channel. Follow us on Instagram at Peak Northwest and view all of our travel and outdoors coverage on OregonLive.com slash travel. Please leave us a rating or review if you enjoy the show. And if you want to support this podcast and our local journalism, please consider a subscription to Oregon Live. You can find details, of course, at OregonLive.com slash pod support. This episode of the show is produced by me, Jim Ryan, alongside Jamie Hale and Andrew Thien. Stay safe and happy travels, everyone. Until next time, we leave you with this 10 seconds of Zen.